This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the show of myself, Dan Selke, WinnersComing.net, and Cheryl Watson, OurCultures.com. Talk about all things Game of Thrones, Song of and Fire, genre fiction. Cheryl, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm a lot happier that now that I was able to follow that along. How are you, Dan? Really well. Um, uh, it's getting a little warmer in Chicago, just a tad. Still rainy, but first day of spring. We're out of our uh, crystalline... Um, Prison? Yeah, Preston for a while. Like, everything froze, but now it's getting better. Yeah. And we've had people come uh, to watch us. Hey, everybody. Thanks for watching. Kenneth Rodrigo. Hello, Lisa. Uh, Shalata. Lori. Welcome to everybody. And we have some good Game of Thrones things to go over this uh, week. Let's get down to it. We've got a lot of things to go through. First, I've got... Whatever. We have some things. Um, I don't know why I corrected you. We, yes, we have a lot of things to go through. <laughs> Um, first, I just got to start with this because I'm excited by this. Um, HBO has announced that they have, are still staffing up uh, the Game of Thrones prequel with, a, frankly, another big name. We had Naomi Watts join the cast. We had a whole bunch of, you know, younger up-and-comers. And now we have Miranda Richardson, who, again, this is like something that excites me. I remember Miranda Richardson um, from, you ever see Spider with... Um, Ray Fiennes. No. Really good movie. She okay. was excellent in that. I don't know she in. She was, of course, Rita Skeeter in the Harry Potter movies, where people most may know her from. Um, just another really kind of solid choice, I think. Someone yes. who is a name, but isn't like like a Julia Roberts or like a, like a huge kind of overbearing name. And someone who has a really good history of excellent acting oh the crying game you ever see that one no so good and she's in that she's she's an ira terrorist she's terrifying i've seen i've seen her in the phantom of the opera <laughs> also good the phantom of the opera movie madame what was it madame giri madame giri so she, she's a practice actor with a good resume and just what do you think of that what, what do you think of her joining this kind of pilot i think it is a kind of marked contrast to Game of Thrones initial cast where mm-hmm. there were um, there was the one big name which was Sean yeah. Bean. Bean whereas this is kind of building slightly smaller names but more of them 
Um, this is not, of course, to discount people like Lena Headey, who also had a That's career true. before Game I of mean, Thrones. Mark Addy. Mark Addy. Stephen Delane. Like, they, they, they weren't nobodies. Exactly. Um, but I think, you know, in, in the grand scope of famousness, like, Sean Bean's, like, here. <laughs> right. Like, Lena Headey and Mark Addy are, like, here. This is a relative distance, by the way. Yes. I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> um, and, uh, like, Miranda Richardson and Naomi Watts are kind of, like, here. I'd agree, more or less. Roughly. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm frank. I'm encouraged by, by, by who too. they're choosing. I think these are cool, interesting choices. You know, no one is kind of like the traditional. I, 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 I keep expecting them to, to like cast a Sean Bean type, or like a, I don't know, like a square jawed kind of hero type. But they haven't really done it. I'm curious. About, I mean, I'm curious about what kind of show they're making. Yeah. Like, where there are these two older women leads are like the big draws and uh the rest of the cast is basically unknowns which is great because which it's also good they're not cast they're not they're not stunt casting is what it seems like to me exactly they're they're kind of going for these more recognizable people but like people who have this tendency to kind of sink more into their roles like it took me a while like i didn't actually realize that miranda richardson played rita skeeter oh me too the crazy wigs and stuff exactly so they kind of sink deeply into their characters and seem to embody them really well whereas you know even though sean bean has long hair in game of thrones he's still Sean B. (laughs) you still know who it is he even didn't change his accent no could you do a posh British accent? No. Okay. Well, just, I guess the Northerners talk like you now. Um, I mean, he can Which do. is fine. I know. It's funny. It, and it and worked out. And it's funny because he can actually do a decent British accent in GoldenEye. He does one. It's true. But he was too big by that point, I guess. He was, he was too big. <laughs> I ain't changing. Alex Trevelyan just launched him. I have a question for you and for all of you. Anybody okay. out there, I, I want to know your answers to this. So HBO is, is lining up all this new content. Um, of the Game of Thrones prequel is just one show. So why haven't they just ordered this to series? Why are they even making them make a pilot and then decide? Because they've ordered the Watchmen show to series without a pilot. Which is dumb. The, the, <laughs> no, no, another path. Um, they've ordered J.J. <laughs> Abrams' Demi Mond, whatever that is, to series. Less dumb. So I'm just a little confused because this is like, it's Game of Thrones, man. It's like the biggest name in TV right now, but they're making it make a pilot. Because they don't want it to be crappy. Like, literally, (laughs) they don't want it to be crappy. I think they know what they're sitting on Mm -hmm. in terms of how much this could kind of make or break them, you know? Okay. Not in the same way as Game of Thrones could make or break them. It's in a slightly more different kind of almost more reputational way. Like if they produce a crappy Game of Thrones sequel series, even though it's set before Game of Thrones, so just let me have this. Um, <laughs> gotcha. uh, they they could get blabbed, like just like murdered. Okay. Metaphorically okay. speaking across the entire spectrum of fans and critics and media and so on. So I think it's more in the sense of we don't want to put out a crappy product when we're using our most major IP. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they just... they just want to make sure it's good, you guys. Uh, No. Um, No, That that, that, that makes sense. And they don't have that risk with whatever Demimond is or a Watchmen show. Yeah. I mean, it still seems like you would want to make a pilot anyway. Like, what if you don't want a bad show? 
That's why they should have made them make a Watchmen pilot. But I digress. <laughs> We're talk about I, that sometime. Seems like your opinions. Uh, I digress. Um, wouldn't it be a trip if they film a pilot with Naomi Watts and Renner Richardson and all these people and they don't take it? That would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be nuts. That would be hilarious. And that's kind of my other point, too, is like, I'm sure the execs at HBO who are left remember that the original Game of Thrones pilot was, was say, bad. Maybe that's a... Like, it, it. it is something where you have to kind of play very, very carefully. Um, do I think that the straight to series orders for Watchmen and Demi Mond are necessarily a great idea? I don't think they're necessarily a great idea, but I can understand why they might get a little more leeway rather than something like this. Could also be that both those shows have like Damon Lindelof and JJ Abrams behind them and they can push exactly where the Game of Thrones thing has Jane Goldman, who, you know, is not really a, a huge name. Right. She's less of a proven kind of TV. Yeah, but then again, I would think the Game of Thrones thing counts for a lot, but I, I, I like your explanation. That makes sense. And uh, we have a question here. Lisa, can I ask how people feel about Arya getting it, to, getting it together with Gendry? Getting it together. I ship it. You ship it? As much as I can ship to underage characters, I ship it. I think it's charming. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'd be okay with it. We'll see what happens. Yeah, the under... Eh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Go, yeah. go ahead, Arya and Gendry. Get together yeah. in season eight. We'll see yeah. about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, move on to another topic. Uh, we had, so the uh, oppressive press of Game of Thrones news was a little bit less this week. Everybody's putting their interviews out now. Like, it's like every day there's like eight new interviews and like, come on, space these out, people. Um, there was a good one behind the scenes for Entertainment Weekly with Benioff's Weiss and uh, Dave Hill, a guy who was on, uh, is on the writing staff. And basically, they asked them about uh, some of the pacing problems in season seven. You know, we're fans. Wow. We, we like to nitpick. We like to, we like to criticize. Wow. And there were some people who were critical of season seven being like, oh, how is you on Greyjoy going from, you know, uh, King's Landing to Casterly Rock and back? And blah, 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 blah. John Snow's going from Winterfell to Dragonstone to Beyond the Wall and back, which is a lot of space, I'll admit. The joke was like that they had jetpacks and moving all around. I just wanted to read Dave Hill's response uh, and see if we buy it. Sometimes with moving pieces around, you're going to cheat a little bit. For season eight, we tried to keep more of the time logic rather than jetpacks. So um, I, I guess my question to you and to all of you, all, all, all got the questions, is do you care about that stuff? Like how important is it to a show like Game of Thrones, are you happy that apparently they're going to try and tighten it up in the final go? Big shrug for those who are listening on our podcast. Yeah, me too, sort of. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that they're trying to adhere more to the laws of physics this time. <laughs> uh, Gendry running, oh, that whole thing where, <laughs> like, th th there are times I can write, if it gets really bad. Yeah. Like the whole thing where, um, Gendry ran back to Eastwatch and then sent a letter to Dragonstone. The Daenerys flew from Dragonstone to there. That was a bit pushing it, but usually I'm okay. He's magic. That's all. Um, a wizard did it. That's all. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that with the extended episodes that they have, they can actually make things make slightly more sense this time around. Like it's, it's noticeable at points, but mm -hmm. for the most part, 
I, it's not something that makes me go, wait a second. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Writers don't have any sense of scale guys. Like they don't, it's a trope on TV tropes and everything. So (laughs) is it? I'm looking at it. It really is. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's nice. I think this might be a more tightly plotted season in general, which is nice, but I don't like need it to be so tightly plotted. They figure out, you know, how many days it takes to go from King's Landing sure. to Dragonstone. Which, you know, Martin would do. George R. R. Martin would Absolutely. Like, be concerned with that. Absolutely. And then, Absolutely. And there are also downsides to being so exact, you lose like the dramatic thrust of something. Exactly. So there are pros and cons. Usually I don't bother by it. It has to, I, I can be, it, it, but it, 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 it takes a lot. Like it took that whole Gendry running and the supersonic raven thing to get me like a little peeved. Yeah. Usually I'm fine though. I don't really mind it, but yeah, sure. Go ahead. Make it all tight. What do you guys think? Christian can enjoy the story without worrying about the time to travel stuff. Yeah, me too. More or less. Pretty much. And David Harris. Oh, I hate this excuse. On a show with dragons, ice, and people with magically changing faces, laws of physics, and then he cuts off. Because I, I really find a way to read the rest of these comments. It cuts off. Oh, no. Basically, David Harris, whoever that is, is saying that, um, <laughs> is saying that it's okay because the show has zombies and dragons. That I do not buy. No. Like, the, 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 the fact that there are, you know, that you have a one, like, say you have a vampire. It doesn't mean that just you can ignore the rules of how our world works. It's still our world. Like, they still use boats and they still have legs. Like, you need to keep that grounded so we believe it. The more you, if you, in fact, you know what? I'll go ahead and say if you have a dragon or something, you have to pay more attention to logic because you already have one thing that's kind of out there. So you don't want to uh, lose us. More accurately, you either have to be very, very vague about how these things work. Or yes, with the magic stuff, yeah. Or you have to be very detailed. There's really kind of no middle ground here as to how they work. And Martin kind of veers towards the former in that dragons are kind of soaked in myth and legend anyway. So, mm-hmm. like, nobody has any idea how they work. But whereas someone like a Brandon Sanderson yeah, literally puts, is. like, appendices at the ends of his books. Like, here's how the magic works down to... Like, these are the rules that this system operates by, and you can expect them to behave mostly consistently. And so I think yes and no, basically, is my response to that. <laughs> Depends on, the, on what you're doing. And Martin kind of veers toward the, the vaguer side of it. I like anyway. that, by the way, with yeah. Melisandre stuff, too. You know, yeah. never quite know how she does it, but it's happening. <laughs> Shadow baby, sure. Patrick Rothfuss of uh, The Name of the Wind, King of the Chronicles, he's a, he's a specific person, too. Mm-hmm. And some people really dig that. I don't know. I'm just kind of like, whatever. Just get to, like, I want to see characters doing interesting things. I don't really care about, like, the math that goes into why you can cast your spell from eight feet away. Yeah, I don't. Math is boring, so. Okay. For me. For me specifically, math Hello, is boring. Hello, Julie. Hi, Good Julie. to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. I really, I got to find a way to read these comments because Jen says, what baffles my mind is the steps, steps in Old Town didn't, oh, didn't pay Sam no mind at all when he said he saw the blank. Can you, can, can you do it? I'm going to try. Yeah. Is you it, Like where it says more. Uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to troubleshoot. Um, we're doing technology, guys. <laughs> um, we're trying. We're going to try to be the geek squad here live on camera. What a great use of our time. Um. I do see someone asking, does the White Walker army split before they reach Winterfell? Oh, that's from a nice Christian idea. Hanna. And uh, I think uh, he says the Night King takes his ice dragon south. And then we're looking 
We're trying, guys. We're really trying. Um, oh, okay. Jen, Jen was like, saw the, uh, Jen was like, the Seps in Old Town didn't pay Sam no mind at all when he said he saw the whites. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, yes, that makes sense. Oh, no, that makes perfect sense. The thing, too, because the, their whole thing is they are detached academics who are more concerned right. with getting their theses published than human extinction. Yes. That was a commentary on uh, <laughs> ivory towers. Yes. It was all a metaphor, guys. Um, so the Night King takes his ice dragon south. I'm guessing Christian to attack King's Landing. Uh, That's a fun idea. Splitting them up. I can see that happening. Um, and then going uh, to, with the others going to Winterfell. Okay. Yes. So Great. we're trying, guys. We're going to figure this out eventually. You want to keep it? You can, you can, you can oh, this if you want. I can keep it. Okay. Whoa. All right. Live Let's, magic, you guys. If you have anything you want to read, read it out. Okay. Okay. Uh, move on to HBO's latest super cool marketing technique. So they had Bleed for the Throne, where you gave blood for Game of Thrones. They had Create for the Throne, where they kind of gave artists, um, they kind of found artists and told them, make a prop from Game of Thrones and put your spin on it. Mm -hmm. Now they have Quest for the Throne. Ooh. HBO has hidden six Iron Thrones around this, our planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and um, is challenged to find them. There is one. This is the new one today that they put up. Where is that? I don't know. But if you can find that, the HBO gives you a crown. Cheryl, does that look like anywhere you know? Like uh, maybe is that near Boston? Um, it kind of looks like Chicago. What's <laughs> 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 this winter? Um, no, I'm gonna guess it's somewhere like in Sweden or Iceland or something. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So I'm going to go with Sweden. It just come, it came to my mind, and so it's in Sweden. But yeah, dear readers, if you that Iron Throne is out there right now somewhere on the planet Earth. Maybe it's in Antarctica. If you find it, HBO gives you a crown. And, I, and I, we, we all want a crown. Absolutely. I'd like, like some money, too. But um, I, it's a fun idea. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a cool idea. Mm -hmm. um, I will say, yesterday they had one like a wood Fans, like, found it in a day. That's bonkers. I mean, is it? Like, these days, all the technology and how passionate our social fans are, I, I, frankly, yeah. I wasn't surprised. Yeah. I mean, it is bonkers. Uh, I can see... All right, so Jen is like, I have an issue with that because some of us can't go and look for it. Me too. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm too broke to travel these days. <laughs> and even if you would, I mean, yeah. wh where would you start? I don't recognize anything I know, that. Right? Like, oh, that's at the corner of 58th and the Tundra. I, <laughs> I feel like the only, only way to, it's like the, that map challenge where you go to like a random place on the map and you have to find your way to the nearest airport on Google Earth. <laughs> like you just enter in random coordinates. Uh, but this time with crowns involved, which is pretty good. I, I raise the stakes a lot. It does. I really like. I like that they're going so weird. Finally, with this, yeah, like they've why not? just they've pulled out all the ideas, and I'm into it. Yeah, me too. I like it too. Any uh, comments about it? All right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, no. Was one uh, Ismail mentions he thinks it's Antarctica, which probably some penguins gonna stumble on it. Yeah. Um, Christian is talking about how he didn't see uh, much in the way of a dragon attack during the Winterfell battle, which mm. we could get into that one, but we won't because it's really, really big spoilers. <laughs> um, and David Harris has made the joke, David where in Harris. the world is Carmen Iron Throne Diego? You're on fire today, David Harris. Oh, boy. 
Going to be getting some letters for that pun, David. <laughs> All right. Um, finally, this, as long as we're in the far north there, I hope one of you finds it, by the way, and claims your crown. If anybody knows where that is or has any idea, recognizes a mountain, let us know. You really know. And show us the picture of you in the crown. Oh, totally. Or just a picture of you with the throne. Or sitting on it. Whatever. You, you can do what you want. But both. Um, both, but not both. Yeah. Um, let's go beyond the wall for a second. Discuss some non-Game of Thrones news. They're actually still kind of pretty related. Yeah. Um, so there's a hot rumor going around the internet, first reported at... Star Wars Newsnet. Star Wars Newsnet. Is that a reliable source, do you know? Yes. Because you're a Star Wars person. You're in yes. Star Wars. Yes. Okay, so they're reliable? That's good. Yes. Okay. The rumor is that Game of Thrones creators and showrunners, David Benioff and Dan Weiss, the two biggest creative forces behind the show together with George R. R. Martin... Um, we, we know that after Game of Thrones is over, after it's done, they're going to go off to their next big challenge, which is um, making a new Star Wars trilogy. We can debate whether that's a good idea or not, but now that it's happening, um, there's a rumor about what it's going to be about. Yes. Apparently, it's going to be set in the days of the Old Republic. Now, Cheryl, you're a Star Wars fan. Allegedly. Can you explain to us briefly what the Old Republic is? <laughs> David Harris is like, please tell him that Revan is just as popular as Luke Skywalker. We have a thing earlier today. And it's, um, no, David. Yeah, no, David. Um, okay, so technically speaking, the Old Republic can refer to two things. And the report from Star Wars Newsnet is making mm -hmm. it sound like it's actually the Galactic Republic that we know uh, just earlier. So the report from Star Wars News, that's a source. And mm -hmm. they were very careful to note that this is from one source right now. Right. Unverified. But it's one source that has been pretty reliable. Okay. In the past. And basically, the law, the kind of log line that Star Wars News that got was basically that it's set a few hundred years before the Skywalkers kind of show up on the scene. And okay. mess everything up with their galactic-sized drama. So that could mean... Could, could that it's there's not really going to be many Sith involved. Okay, De but if it's the old Republic that he's usually referred to as like the, the old, real old Republic, the real old Republic, then it could be like the Sith Empire could be involved. And because the source mentioned that they wanted something that could appeal to Game of Thrones fans, I am very curious to see if it is actually the Jedi Order versus the Sith Empire. Which would you rather see? Uh, probably the Jedi Order versus the Sith Empire, because the Sith Empire is super cool. Okay. Uh, Follow-up question. Do you think that's a good idea, to have a, a new trilogy series? And, like, irrespective of whether you think there should be a new trilogy at all. Because, I mean, like, <laughs> may maybe you don't. He's I'm, keeping me on topic, guys. I'm, I'm doing my best. Um, do you think that that's a good choice for a new movie trilogy, the yeah. old, old Republic? Yes. Okay, good. Um, Because uh, I think... Not that Star Wars is necessarily exhausted. It's <laughs> the kind of the current eras, the eras that we deal with most right. frequently. But be, and but that you know it can get a little little stale, I guess, um, in the sense that I mean, the look at solo viewers would probably agree with you. I'm one of them, and <laughs> I do agree with me. Um, so I think it could be interesting to kind of ex use the Star Wars name and the cachet that Benioff and Weiss bring to it and do something a little weird, get a little funky. 
you know, reintegrate some of the legends canon into that, which is a whole nother topic that we're not talking about today. Um, but kind of basically like experiment with what Star Wars can actually produce. Like this is Star Wars. I think the joke goes um, that there's a backstory for everything. And Razor is mentioning that the old Republic has been an era Star Wars fans have wanted forever. Yes. Mm, of course he has. It's been covered in games i know it has knights of the old republic popular ones too yes beloved ones indeed very beloved ones so i think it would be a really good choice and david i just want to point out that i am actually a star wars fan too so just saying buddy um and i do actually want the old republic so yeah i think that it's because the information is kind of conflicting right Mm -hmm. now as to which old republic we're actually talking about because what we kind of refer to as the Galactic Republic, you know, the one that uh, the, star, the, sure. the younger Skywalkers exist in, is, uh, or the older Skywalkers, rather, has been actually referred to canonically as the Old Republic as well. So, but, okay. Gotcha. And so it's a little so conflicting ambiguity. as to which Old Republic. But the general feel is that it's probably the, the more common Old Republic. The, sure. So, yes. I'm glad you're here. That would have gone on in my head. Yeah, and I agree it's complicated, you. like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and I agree with you. Like, um, I am kind of Star Wars doubt, but if you have to do one, yeah, get weird with it. Go somewhere yeah. totally different. Get totally, funky. Totally, totally. Get funky. But other than that, I think I think Benioff and Weiss can do an okay job. I I just wish it wasn't Benioff and Weiss making an old Republic movie. But that is for another day. I believe we have returned from our journey beyond the wall. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to follow up. We probably write a probably, oh. probably. No, it's fine. We should probably move on. We probably. Does anybody besides David have anything to say about the? Uh, no, actually, a lot of people are just kind of. Oh, oh Ken, uh, Kenny Adamo. Hi, Kenny. Okay. Just say, always love listening to you and the Corys and Isis. Hopefully, I will see you guys at the con in Nashville. It's true. So that will be very exciting. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm going to Star Wars Celebration in April, so that right. about sums up my priorities. Well, thank you for joining us, Cheryl. It's been delightful as always. And uh, before we bring on Josh Hill for A Song of Dan and Josh in a minute, stay tuned. (laughs) Oh, Ned Stark, will you ever learn? (laughs) Oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. I'm Dan Selke, the editor at WinnerIsComing.net, your one-stop shop for all things Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire, and genre fiction in general. We here at WIC love bringing you news, reviews, and editorial content, and we're going to keep doing all that stuff. However, for the especially hardcore among you, we're going to start offering even more. Welcome to the Wick Club. The Wick Club is a Patreon-funded effort to provide fantasy and sci-fi fans with even more Wick content. You can join at several levels. For $1 a month, you can enter into monthly swag giveaways and get to read extra columns. At $4, you'll get to watch extra episodes of Take the Black Live, our weekly chat show, with topics chosen by you. Please be gentle. And at the Valyrian Steel level, that's $10 a month, you get Wick Club t-shirts and access to a new segment we're calling Drinking and Knowing Things, a monthly live stream where I drink wine and talk with all of you in a free-flowing conversation about Game of Thrones, fantasy, sci-fi, and whatever else comes up after I've had a few. Just to be clear, we're not going to stop doing anything on Wick we already do, and we're hoping to add more stuff anyway. The Wick Club is a way to produce even more content and hopefully to get to know some of you better. You can find links to more information below. We hope to see you in the Wick Clubhouse. Valor Morghulis, bottoms up, and thanks for watching.
everybody, welcome back. We, I'm here with uh, Josh Hill of Fansider.com. Hello, everybody. He says hello. And we are here for A Song of Dan and Josh. Yes. The show where myself, who has read the song Western Firebooks multiple times, and Josh, who has never read them but seen the Game of Thrones uh, television program on HBO. I've seen the program. You've seen the program. It's a good program. <laughs> Walk through each and every chapter of George R. R. Martin's magnum, unfinished magnum opus. Yes. And just uh, break it down. What makes them tick? What makes them good? What makes them bad? And today we are reading, or discussing rather, Arya 3 Aria from A Clash 3. of Kings. Mm-hmm. There you go. Josh. <laughs> You're really into this What, one. if anything. Actually, okay. So just my initial reaction is, this is a short chapter. Yes. And just honestly, my first reaction, like it's less eventful than usual. Well, yeah, <laughs> we kind of had been set up for a bunch of nothing happening. Because we talked about it in the last couple of weeks, where we kind of get this table setting. Yeah, chapter. we're still in that. This mode. was a chapter that I don't know why it exists. Okay, that, that, that was my main question. Let's see if we can't find it. Because I mean, I mean, I know why it exists. Okay, it's not a bad I'm, chapter. Yeah, I don't want to say there's no reason for it. I'm sure there's a reason for it existing, but just in in terms of not like oh, nothing happens. Okay, what happened? Arya and her group are still going north. Yes. Um. They see some stuff they see along the, the way. The what, what war has been doing yes. to thematically, Westeros. it's important. I'm yes. sure. Um, at the end, uh, she goes to go to the bathroom. Apart from the the the, the camp, they can't see her. She's trying to fake. She's a boy. Uh, has a close encounter with I think Nymeria or one of her pack, her wolves. Uh-huh. Goes back and she was scared, and then it kind of ends. So it, it's it, it's definitely not a uh, little finger pushes Lysa out the moon door kind of ep- kind of chapter. It's not no. a uh, Cersei blows up the sept sort of eventful thing. No, um, not a lot technically happens. But let's try to dig into what we get and um, see what we can see we can draw out of it. Let's do it. And uh, Julie Davies says, "How come Razor isn't a top fan?" I don't know. That's a. They're all like labeled in the comments, like top fan, top fan, top fan. Julie's top fan, Jen's top fan, Terry's a top fan. They say hi, Josh. By the oh, way, oh hi Terry everybody. Does. Um, Is it because Razor writes for the site? Um, I don't know. He probably Is should he be a top Is fan. Is he ineligible to be a top fan? Isn't he by definition a top fan if he's writing for a Game of Thrones fan site? Like I don't know how it works. I Josh. feel like that's a definite. That's defines his fandom. Oh, and uh, it's turning every week. David, why are you turning every week? Come on, David. Tune in every week, man. All right. I rescind everything I just said. You write for the site and you don't tune in every week, Razor. Come and on, And hello, man. Ariana from Massachusetts. Uh, Orange oh, hello. And a really quick question. Uh, Diane asked, Dan, did you notice that HBO changed the runtime of episode 803 to 82 minutes? I did, Diane. Uh, long steps of Game of Thrones history going to be in season 8, third episode. Oh. Good one. It's going to be a movie length. Very like cool. the length of a, a short movie, like Toy Story. Very cool. Okay. Anyway. Short Arya like 3. this chapter. Short like this chapter. <laughs> yes, Which did not movie. take me 83 minutes to read. No. Okay. So, as far as I can tell, like the, the point of this is kind of, you, you, you alluded to it. Yeah. Is to give, there's war happening, War of the Five Kings, mm-hmm. ravishing the countryside. Martin wants to give us a taste of what that means from a ground's eye view. Yeah. And, 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 and Arya is great for that because, you know, John's at the wall. He's has his perspective. People in King's Landing... No one's like in the streets at Sansa or Tyrion, or like mm-hmm. they're, they're not going to see the up close to personal what's happening to people. Yeah, Daenerys is off the way. So Arya is, is our viewpoint. She's our our man on the street. She's our person on the ground. Billy on the street. Billy on the street. There she you go. just yells at people <laughs> at Westerosi peasants and just asks them questions, and she just leaves if they don't give her her answer she likes. Um, 
So the road was, I, I didn't enjoy the first line. Mm-hmm. The road was little more than two ruts through the weeds. What did I set up there? Because this is about off-roading. We are not in a fancy, no. like, you know, we're not in the King's Road. Mm-hmm. We're not in some gilded cage where Cersei and Sansa are hanging out and sipping wine. We're, the road was little more than two ruts through the weeds. We're like, we're, we're in the backwoods here. We're in the here. backwoods of Westeros. This is Westerosi deliverance. We're just mm-hmm. like going places you don't not supposed to go yeah. just taking the back roads um farmland gave way to forest the villages and holdfasts were smaller and further apart mm-hmm. the hills higher and the valleys deeper oh yeah so you know she's we're, we're going far afield we're seeing we're seeing the real westeros the, the rural areas westeros. the farms the people and they're not having a good time of it josh <laughs> no they're not i believe a woman was missing an arm yes <laughs> i don't think she lasted much longer after that so i would define that as not having a good time yeah, this is like the, uh, this chapter was basically the joke in Clerks when Randall was talking about <laughs> the people of the Death Star, <laughs> the contractors who were working on the uncompleted Death Star, mm-hmm. and they were, you know, killed for no reason because they were just caught in the middle of this galactic civil war. And that's kind of what it is. I mean, it boiled down, that's goofy, but boiled down, that's what we need to see because we're so caught up in the drama of the throne. We're so caught up with Ned and we're caught up with the Starks and the Lannisters and what's going on with Daenerys that we're forgetting that there are real consequences happening here. There's real people affected by all these things. It's not just this glossy high level political drama that we're we're concerned with there's real suffering going on because of what is happening it's not all fun and games although i would don't know if i would define somebody getting decapitated as fun and games but there's only no fun and games anywhere but um I thought you were going to say the joke from Clerks 2, where Randall describes Lord of the Rings movies as just walking back and forth well there's also that too okay um but yeah so she's here and she is again Part for the course for Arya, seeing things that she really shouldn't see as a child of eight or nine, or whatever she is. Yep. Um, Arya's burnt bodies impaled on sharpened stakes atop the walls, their hands drawn up tight in front of their faces as if to fight off the flames that had consumed them. Like, they come it's upon graphic. this. It's graphic. And yeah. again, she's like eight. She's very mm-hmm. young. She's seen this stuff. It's got to be traumatizing. Um, but again, not because Arya's all about seeing death up close and then internalizing and kind of becoming death later in the show or the, yeah. the story. But this so. is kind of part of her journey. Oh, totally. We're seeing her become this person that she ends up being because she sees these horrific things. Yeah. I mean, Arya's someone who can like, you know, kill a whole room full of people by poisoning them. You think you can do that <laughs> if you don't, if you're not like comfortable with this, seeing this kind of thing? Unless you've seen some things. Like she gets used She's to growing this. up real fast this summer. She's learning a lot. <laughs> She's learning a lot. I mean, it's weird because the chapter is sort of like Arya's trip, her trip up a north. road trip to the backwoods. Yeah, it's a road trip. To watch it's, charred it's, it's bodies. It's an apocalyptic and, road trip. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy that passage, the way they're, the night they see, like, the fire on the horizon, mm-hmm. and the next day they come upon this burned village that was obviously the, the village burning. Yeah. And they see all that horrible stuff. There's a bit about, like, a woman who, yeah, who has no arm and is just completely out of it, like an older woman who can't... Who Saving just, like, Private Ryan style. She has a line she keeps repeating over and over. It's very, yeah, it's very, very Saving Private Ryan, very post-traumatic Vietnam mm-hmm. vet kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just seen through the eyes of a little girl. It's, it's distressing. Yeah. I also liked how Hot Pie came around and he admitted <laughs> yeah. that... Um, Hot Pie. You know, I never truly kicked no boy to death because we're seeing, you know, we're seeing actual horrible cruelty. <laughs> yeah. So it puts the stuff of like Hot Pie boasting about doing something that he never did, mm-hmm. like being a bully in a perspective. And, you yeah. know, he turns into a little kid, which he is. Yeah, it really... 
<laughs> seeing the stuff that they saw would humble somebody really quickly, and that's clearly what it did. And I think that, look, it's not a chapter that's going to stick out in the power rankings of chapters yeah. where you're like, this was a top one that I'm going to remember. But it was very carefully crafted. Like, you could it tell what George yeah. R. Martin was doing, and it was very small, very short. And it didn't... It didn't move the story itself along that mm -hmm. we've been following so far this book, but it develops Arya's character a little bit more because it's going to explain later, like you said, you don't poison a room full of people and not really think twice or about it. Or cut a guy's throat or stab yeah. a guy's eyes out that you one feed time. feed him as kids in pies. Like, mm. you don't do that unless you've seen some things. It's kind of advancing her character while not yeah, really advancing the story. So I didn't have a big problem with it. Honest to God, I don't have much more on this. No. It's really short. <laughs> um, some vocabulary. It's always yes. fun. If anybody has any questions about this chapter Arya three we can talk about it it was it was very short it, it was, was good short. it was nice but yeah. it didn't really have a lot going on um palisade Ooh. is a wall made from iron or wooden stakes so just you know like you you, you, you can picture it right yeah like a bunch of like sticks put in a wall mm -hmm. that that's your wall like like uh, a, a village would have it yeah yes um the word hold fast he uses it a lot martin mm -hmm. it it is not a word I, i've tried to look this up <laughs> um Oh, you're telling me what? George R. R. Martin made up a word? I'm shocked. I know, shocker. He he's what it seems to mean is like a a smaller like a a fortified structure, like a, like a little castle. Okay. Like you know, every town has a hold fast, which means like every town has a like a panic I don't know, like a stone yeah, yeah. like like a town panic room, like a, a stone little castle, like Magor's hold fast in the Red Keep, like in King's Landing. That's a, that's a big old hold fast. It's powerful. I mean, honest to God, like he he says it a lot. I I've tried to look it up, and like this isn't a, this is this is a freaking fake word. Mm -hmm. But um, that's what he means. Little castle, fortified area, gotta have it. And uh, finally, uh, sour leaf, another made-up thing. It's chewing tobacco. Sour leaf. That's in Westeros, but it turns your teeth red. Ah, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Who I would mean, make that? Folk love chewing. I mean, they don't love it so much anymore. Yeah, but, but to make your teeth red. Thing. Like that seems that almost makes it feel like it's a sale, uh, like a selling point to make your teeth red. I don't think so. I just think it's uh you got to have that sweet nicotine sour leaf fit. <laughs> the guy and you roll it sour around. Leaf. You ever met anybody who does chaw? I have. It's gross. I mean, I chew a few people. Yeah, no mm -hmm. sour leaf in my life though. I'm pretty sure sour leaf is. <laughs> I don't know. George R. R. Martin's written it down. It's got to be real. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's mostly what I got. Um, nice chapter. She yeah. meets Nymeria or someone from her pack, um, but doesn't really do anything with it. Uh, it ends with like her asking, "We Yorin, like, am I afraid? Yeah, you're afraid. Okay, chapter ended. Mm -hmm. So, have you ever thoughts on it? No, that's it. All right, short and sweet. We back next week with Davos, Davos One. One, our first Davos Seaworth chapter. Looking forward to that. All right, into it. Yeah, exactly. Back here at four p.m. Central Standard Time, at uh, the Winners Coming Out Net Facebook page. Thanks for being here, Josh. Thank Thanks you. for watching, everybody. We will see you next week. Julie says, "Red teeth, yum." Yes, red teeth. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.